Hey guys, Alex Lokes here, and this is Classic Camera Revival. And you've asked for it, so we are delivering. You wanted more chemistry talk, so today we are doing part three of Don't Drink the Rodinol. Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival, coming to you from the greater Toronto Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode. All right, so we are going to start off with a developer we mentioned in our previous episode that is about pushing film, and that is Diafine. And Diafine is a unique developer within the whole range of chemistry you have available. So, James, take it away. All right, so um, Diafine is one of my favorite developers. Um, I kind of like to refer to Diafine as sort of the... Uh, universal push developer, I guess, uh, if you will. Um, it's an interesting developer. Um, it's got some really cool characteristics that make it a really attractive all-round developer as well. Um, you know, a lot of people like to simplify their lives with things like uh, monobats and like DF96, which are all really, really cool and really simple. Um, Diafine kind of fits into that category as well, too. So Diafine comes in a powder form. Uh, and comes in two parts, part A and part B. Um, and it has pretty much standard developing times for for all black and white films. And it's three minutes in solution A, followed by three minutes in solution B, with the exception of Acros, which is five and five. Um, Diafine uh, is an excellent developer to use for pushing film at all speeds. And you actually don't change the development times for the push. You just use the same times over and over again. Um, it is a multi-use developer. It's not a one-shot developer, and it's extremely shelf-stable. I mixed mine up over a year ago, and I still use it. Um, one of the things to be careful about with Diafine um, is uh, part A always goes in uh, to part B. Part B never goes into part so what I mean by that is when you do your first um, development, you, so you're doing your part A development, you pour out the, uh, uh, the part A back into your jug, into your stock solution, and then you can put uh, part B into your development tank. Um, don't get uh, part B into like your part B stock solution. Don't put that into your part A. It will ruin your part A developer and then basically in effect, ruins your Part B as well because you need both parts to uh, uh, to mix up. Uh, one of the things with Diafine, it requires very, very light agitation, and probably because it's of its heavy compensating qualities, um, my assumption or guess is that the more vigorously that you um, agitate uh, Diafine, uh, the higher uh, uh, your contrast is going to grow aggressively and be and be too high. I've never tried it. Um, uh, I've never, um, uh, uh, agitated it ag aggressively. Um, what I do with Diafine is I use the swizzle stick method of agitation. So if you're in the Patterson system, the swizzle stick is the little stick that you insert in the top of the, uh, um, the column in the, that the, that the reel sits on and you just twist that, uh, back and forth. And, uh, I just do the, the light agitations with that. Um, now Diafine is not meant to be uh, like your catch-all 
you know, I'm going to push one frame, pull the other frame. I'm going to underexpose, overexpose multiple frames on, on the, on the roll. It's not going to solve your problems that way. Um, uh, it's meant to, uh, push the entire roll. So don't go mixing up uh, various frames with different, uh, exposure indices and stuff like that. But, uh, I highly recommend it. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, like a gallon of it'll probably cost you about 50 bucks Canadian, but it'll last you, um, until kingdom comes. So, uh, definitely, uh, if you're someone that likes to push film, uh, different films, um, or you're not sure what, um, what exposure index you may have used, uh, Diafine can help save your butt there in, in situations like that. Now, um, do you under, do you know why it takes a little longer and, um, for Diafine to develop Fuji Acros? Is that to compensate for a freezer burn? <laughs> yeah, I wonder what it will be for Across Two. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, and it's funny, like you know, my instinctually you would think oh, because it's a T grain emulsion, maybe you know, it's just you know, it's higher silver content. I'm not sure um, because, like, for T Max, it's also three minutes, so it's not. It doesn't correlate exactly. Um, yeah, must just be a Fuji thing then. Yeah, no, no idea. Maybe it's something to do with the anti-collation layer that Fuji uses. Not sure. Um, you know, who knows? Like the, the Acros recipe is such a unique thing with the with essentially no reciprocity failure. Maybe there's something in the chemistry there. Uh, mm, not sure. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Well, just with freezer burn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've I've personally never used Diafine. I don't really see a need for it, and of course, it is fairly cost prohibitive. Um, and again, I have limited space to store chemicals these days, so I keep to smaller containers. Yeah, and, um, and I would agree with you because they're, they're, they're you know like it's a nice to have developer, um, especially if you're doing like a lot of found film too. Um, mm -hmm. You don't know exactly what's going on there, uh, mm. you know. So it does it does have a a a, a very specific purpose i guess yeah i've used diaphine but i've used it years ago and again it was sort of that experimental phase i was pushing a lot of triax but again i'd sort of as i've gotten much better at developing over the you know, past 10 or so 10 or 12 crap even longer i've lost count how long i've been developing myself but i've gotten so good even just pushing with hc 110 i just look at diaphine going well why do i need this it's like as James pointed out, it's a nice to have developer. Um, but I'm sort of at a point like Alex, while I have more space, I really don't overrun with chemicals either. <laughs> yeah. And John here, I'd have to agree. Like I did use it a few years ago. I actually use it quite a bit. I would uh, shoot Triax, although I tended to expose it. Uh, I didn't push Triax to 1600, I pushed it to around 1100, 1200 and was very happy with the results in medium format, but I'm I'm trying to simplify my development these days, so it's great, it's nice to know it's available, but it's not on my shelf right now. Yeah, I would agree with you, and if I didn't have the um, vast darkroom space that I have, I would definitely, you know, it would be on my lower priority list. Mm hmm now, going from something that does everything to something that does something very specific, um, 
there are the uh, Rolli developers, and specifically there's a uh, Rolli RPXD, which is the developer um, created specifically for the RPX line of film. Well, mostly. Bill? Thanks, Ox. I, again, in a fit of experimentation with RPX uh, 400 and 100, I, I generally go for like HC 110 dilution B. I, my brother uh, started messing around with RPXD and I wanted to, I bought a bottle from our good friends at Argentix in Quebec just to see what the fuss is about. Uh, it's a 250 milliliter bottle. It's like a one shot developer uh, is made uh, for Roli uh, by Spur. It's very simple to use. It's like a one, oh God, I can't remember the dilutions off. I think it's a little more smaller than one to nine. Uh, I think I probably got a good 15 rolls RPX 400 through it. And uh, it's been my experience. I noticed with it, I found um, if I shot RPX 400 on sort of a more overcast day, I find with the HC 110, it gets a little on the muddy side. Whereas the RPX D, it got a lot cleaner looking and uh, you saw more tones in it. Um, if you shoot a lot of RPX, uh, really RPX, I, I would recommend looking at the D. Now, granted, it's a little more expensive for what you're getting, but you do get probably a, a bulk rolls equivalent out of uh, a bottle of uh, developer. Um, other than that, it, it's it's a night. It, it, it's it's sort of like in some regards, it's like a developer design for RPX 25, 100, 400. And it's pretty much the same principle, I guess, as the Silvermax developer for like Adox, where it's here's here's the proprietary developer that you know, yeah, you can get great results out of the the old standbys, but if you've got like this one, it'll open it up just a little bit more. Like as the old uh, Spinal Tap saying goes, this one goes to eleven. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's like if you're if you're a big Roly uh, a Roly RPX. Fan, I would look at the RPXD developer as something to try out and add into your workflow. Definitely. Now, the one thing is that the RPXD does not have times for RPX 25. It is specifically for the 100 and 400. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think with RPX 25, you might as well just use good old-fashioned Rodinol with that bad boy. Definitely. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Now, that said, at some point, uh, when there's another Don't Drink the Road and All episode, um, hopefully by then I'll have scored a bottle of RPX Super Grain Developer, and that's more of like a general purpose. Yes. And see what, again, see what we can get out of that. Yeah. Yeah, Stay tuned for that one. Um, Another thing that RPXD does a really good job at is when you're pushing RPX 400. Oh, exactly. I tried pushing RPX 400 with HC 110. It did an okay job. (laughs) I'm not saying it's a bad, but it's, you know, you kind of look at that going, eh, yeah, where's HP 5 when you need it, you know? Exactly. Um, But as as Bill mentioned, um, Roli um, licenses Spur to build several different developers for them. And another one John has, and that is the Roli LC. Thanks, Alex. Yes, that's uh, Roli. It's RLC, so which stands for Roli. So really, it's Roli Roli 
low contrast developer. And for me, this is a very special purpose, rather expensive developer. And the only time I use it is when I'm shooting Roly ATP 1.1. Now, anyone who, uh, who mourns the passing of the Kodak technical pan film, you should get on over to, you know, Argentix or Freestyle, whoever has it, and get a couple rolls of the, uh, of the Roly ATP 1.1. It's their basically modern equivalent to the tech pan film and it's pretty much the same it's just you know sharp 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 um fine 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 grain but uh, it can tend to the uh, to the very high contrast like a lot of those films do and i have found with the the roli low contrast developer that uh, i get really nice tonality I, you get all the the benefits of that film without the disadvantage of trying to uh trying to deal with the high contrast and like the the film itself is not expensive um i think for argenics for example it's about the same price as a lot of other uh 120 uh, 120 roll films um but uh you know i've tried other formulations i've tried rodinol with that film i'm not happy with the results so when i shoot atp i like to use this developer the downside is it is not cheap at all um because so what's the cost of a bottle um okay i don't have the argentics in front of me i know in the us uh like a a a 250 milliliter bottle is going to be about 16 to 18 bucks um okay and your and a typical dilution is uh, is one to four. I've seen a, there's a good one to six recipe that I use for the ATP. But do the math. Now, one thing I've tried once, I'm gonna and uh, was not successful, but I'm gonna try dialing it in. Is if anyone has any of the Adox CMS two, like this the really high contrast stuff rolling around. There oh, is yeah, a, I have some of that. There is a recipe I've seen, um, it's online, that says you can have a dilution of something like 1 to 20 or 1 to 25 and shoot that film, but I tried it and it was it was underexposed and it was contrasty. So I might go back to try it again, but it's not, an, it's not a cheap developer to play with or to experiment with. But you know, if I want, uh, like not, nothing beats shooting ATP, like in a 6 by 9 negative. It's just amazing. So it's nice to have the RLC there when you want it, but it's just, it's too expensive to have all the time. And like I said earlier, I've just been simplifying, simplifying. These days I'm down to two developers, T-Max and Rodinol. Very nice. Um, well, um, the developer that I have today is one that isn't particularly known to people it's highly specialized despite being fairly simple um, and i'm of course talking about kodak d96 or as we get it today from our friends over in california at cinestill cinestill d96 now d96 is in the same family as d23 d76 but it was one that kodak produced specifically to develop motion picture films so we're talking Eastman double X, but it works wonderfully with other films. Um, most of them are motion picture based. So Orwo UN 54 or 
Lamography Potsdam 100, as it's being marketed as partly today, this developer works magic on the films that it develops in. It, I honestly feel like the first time I started using PyroCat HD when it came to using D96, it does rich tones and contrasts on Orwo UN54. It works magic with Eastman X, And most surprisingly is it does wonders with Ilford FP4. Um, the, the nice thing is, is that this developer is dirt cheap. Um, a one liter packet of powder will cost you about six bucks American. So I've not even through my first liter. I already have the second packet of powder waiting in the wings. Um, so one packet makes about one liter and that one liter will do about 16 rolls of 35 millimeter film. So not too shabby. Um, it produces some of the finest grain I've ever seen on double X. Um, UN 54 is already fairly fine grain, especially if you spend the money and get the Potsdam 100 in medium format. And, um, it is just a beautiful film, beautiful developer. And I'm so glad that Sinistil has packaged it and are selling it. But the nice thing is, is that you can easily mix it up yourself, just like you can mix up D23 or D96. You can buy the raw chemistry through um, Photographer's Formulary. Now, I know, James, you just finished um, outputting your first roll of um, film on uh, D96. What are your thoughts? Tonight, in fact, I did, yes. Um, uh, what dilutions were you using? I just used stock. Okay, so did I. Um, uh, I read that the package um, said one-to-one on it, but didn't give any times. But then I looked at the uh, massive dev, and I did it at, at stock. So I, I souped a roll of UN54 um, for six minutes uh, in stock uh, at 20 degrees Celsius. And, you know, you hit. I was going to say the exact same thing you did. The, the best way to describe the negatives are rich. Um, you know, they, they're so... Like it's like optimal density. Uh, I quickly, totally. I quickly looked at them um, on my light table through the loop, and I am, I'm, I'm sold. I can't wait to uh, uh, do some Potsdam one twenty in it, and uh, and definitely uh, um, some double X. And man, would it ever be nice if we could get double X in uh, medium format and soup it in D ninety six? I <laughs> couldn't imagine what those negatives would look like but uh yeah it was really cool um i uh, i did not mix it um uh as you typically would in uh, i think 23 degrees celsius uh uh water as you would with like d76 i just did it at room temperature at 20 degrees um and it's funny uh we were chatting before we started the podcast uh the recording today um it kind of stunk it smelled a little bit like ammonia like cat pee um and no one else experienced that maybe i got some bad water down there but uh, yeah, i don't know uh but i am needless to say i am really happy with the results um it will probably become one of my go-to developers especially for those films Excellent, excellent. Now, the one thing that um, does go hand in hand with developing is um, technique. 
And the internet is full of contradicting information and everyone shouting and screaming that their way is the best way. Um, so I just, we just wanted to go around the table and discuss general technique, um, specifically agitation. Now, I mean, we like to keep things chill here, try not to get too agitated, hot around the collar, but, um, it is a little bit necessary to keep things moving when it comes to developing. So, uh, let's start with you, John. Um, what's your uh, technique when it comes to agitation? Okay, I'll say two things. First of all, um, I use steel tanks, so I can't do the swizzle stick. I'd have to sort of try and swirl it around. Um, but I mentioned earlier that I use two main developers, T-Max and Rotenol. And the more thing about agitation is not all developers like the same kind of agitation. Rotenol, of course, you want to be very, very gentle. So if I'm doing Rotenol and, and I'm not doing stand, I'll do... like four very gentle inversions every 60 seconds and that works fine for me whereas if i compare that to t-max it likes slightly more um more vigorous agitation so i'll do three inversions again i'm not trying to be a paint mixer but you know three slightly more energetic uh, agitations every 30 seconds and that works well so i guess the point being is you know do the research try it out and not all agitation is created equal mm -hmm. bill how about you i generally uh go for uh agitations every 60 seconds gentle ag uh, gentle inversions i should say i had to you know, it's late in the day. My brain cells are starting to slow down. So yeah, uh, gentle inversions. Like we're not mixing a martini here. Gentle inversions, and it's given me great results. Now, granted, with something for Anya P30, you just do one gentle inversion, and uh, you follow the instructions to the letter. And again, you get great results from that. So yeah, I generally roll run that rule. Uh, other people go this whistle stick. It's like. What works best for you? Are you happy with the results? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, then proceed. <laughs> James, how about you? Well, I am um, very similar to uh, to Bill. I think I am. Uh, I'm generally four inversions or ten seconds every sixty seconds. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I should probably be more. Um, you know, uh, vigilant at <laughs> reading instructions, especially for P30. Uh, I, I just didn't, I do the standard application pattern for P30 as well. Um, the only uh, developer that I don't uh, do inversions on is uh, is Diaphine. Um, one little thing to note: when I do my inversions, I just I don't do a straight inversion. Um, when I was taught how to develop film, I do what's I, I guess the best way to describe it is a rolling inversion. So I'm inverting and ro and and rotating the the tank as I do. So I don't know if that makes a difference or not. Uh, to me, it, it's a bit more of a gentle um, type of inversion, I guess, because as I go side to side, I'm I'm turning the the uh, the tank at the same time. Mm. So um, for me, um, I do the constant agitation for the first minute, and then every minute I do five inversions very gentle flip the whole tank upside down and bring it back and i mean i don't even listen to the timer on the massive dev chart app anymore i hear the 
ding at the top of the minute, and I do my five inversions, tap it on the counter three times, and let it stand. And that's pretty much for every film, every developer, and it works. And again, the way I time it for the uh, first minute is, again, I try to do those five inversions every minute. Um, and again, I found that it works best. It's done a lot to tame contrast and grain in a lot of films like HP5 and Tri-X, especially in 35mm. Um, it gets a little more difficult when I'm using my big, my bigger Patterson tank because I have to use both hands. So, um, But again, as everyone has said, stick with what you know, stick with what works for you, and you'll do fine. Um, so the next question is stop baths. Um, water or chemical? And for me, I use both. Um, water, especially when I'm doing PyroCAD HD or stand developing Rodinol, everything else, um, I use a chemical stop bath and I just shake the heck out of it. Uh, James? Um, I use stop bath 99% of the time. The only developer that I don't use stop bath with, but I just use water, uh, is uh, Diafine again. Bill? I use, um, I'm basically a classic, you know, I, my secondary chemicals, even though I'm primary an HC110 guy, all my other chemicals are Ilford. Ilford Stop and Ilford Rapid Fix, which is also a hardening fixer. Um, I find them very easy to mix up and they deliver every time. The only time I've used a water stop bath was when I was using ADOT, uh, FKI, uh KHB 100 film. It is a very delicate single layer emulsion. They say water stop only, so that's what I do. And again, same thing goes went with diafine when I was using that. Uh, these days, I yeah, ilfa stop all the way, and uh, you know, failing that, I'll probably you know roll with Kodak if there's a supply issue with Ilford, but, you know. Yeah, I'm with you too, Bill. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, if I'm developing Efki, Efki is a water stop bath for me as well. Yeah. Definitely. And that's basically it. Everything else is pretty durable enough to roll with uh, a chemical stop bath, which is sort of a citrus, a citrus, I think, was it a base? Uh, or acidic. Oh, it's acidic. Yeah. Sorry, the other side of the spectrum. Belper is basic. Uh, stop bath is acidic, and and I also, one of the things uh, in my research that I found, um, uh, using stop bath uh, helps um, the longevity of your fixer. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, it's, uh, especially if you're processing uh, T-Max films. films. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's late in the day for me. Yeah. Yes. T-Max, the eater of fixer. Yes. <laughs> Cheers to that. Like it's uh, nothing. Not as bad as um, Neopan SS. That stuff just chewed through it. Wow. Oh, there's, oh. A, there's a blast from the past there. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think I ever shot with that film. Now, now, I'll jump in. I'm going to be the outlier. I just use water. I never had a problem. Hmm. Well, again, what sort of dilutions do you usually use with um, Rodinol and T-Max? Rodinol, it's normally, it's it's rarely 125. With Rodinol, it's normally 150 or 1100. There you T, go. T-Max, it's 1 to 4. Um, and, you know, the, I look at this way, you know, um, 
it saves me a bit of time. And regarding yeah. the fixer, like I test my my fixer religiously with the oh, uh, okay. with the uh, hyper with the uh, hypo check. Yeah. yeah, late in the day for me too. Um, so I'm always testing my fixer. Like I'm, I'm religious about my fixer because it's that's solid. the that's the stuff that'll destroy your film in the long. Oh, haul. absolutely, absolutely. I actually need to mix up a new, new batch of fixer. I'm getting to the end of the rope with mine. Well, um, that about covers it for this show. Um, so my name's uh, Alex Lokes. And if your hardening fixer lasts more than four hours, you should definitely consult your local chemist. <laughs> this is Bill Smith. Uh, better living through chemistry. <laughs> this is James Lee. If you're in a pinch and you run out of stop bath, just take a pee in your tank. This is John Meadows. If you don't agitate properly, the experience may leave you feeling shaken. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. Aster has arisen. <laughs>